For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. And today, I'll be joined by Ed Nussbaum and Nikki Saunders. And we're going to talk about something that is the big topic everybody's talking about, which is Clubhouse. You're going to love it. And if you're on Clubhouse, you're going to want to listen to this and you're going to want to follow me on Clubhouse. I am at Stelzner on Clubhouse. I'm also at Stelzner on Instagram. You can also email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And if you are new to this podcast, hit the subscribe button. I've got an amazing lineup of guests that you're not going to want to miss. By the way, wish you could easily track your reach and engagement metrics in one simple place. Rather than relying on risky guesswork, imagine being able to make data-driven decisions about your future organic activities across Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. What if you could prove to your boss or clients that the social media work you're doing is performing? This is the power of Iconosquare. Saving you time and money, Iconosquare also enables you to track your metrics against industry benchmarks and your competition. If there's been a decline in your industry, but you're not declining, you can prove you're doing something right. And by the way, Iconosquare can handle all of your scheduling as well, so you can get rid of those other tools. As an official certified Facebook and Instagram marketing partner with more platforms on the way, you owe it to yourself to check out our sponsor, Iconosquare. As a listener of the Social Media Marketing Podcast, you qualify for an exclusive offer. Visit Iconosquare.com SME for a free 30-day trial and a 30% discount if you stick with the platform. Find the link by scrolling up in your podcast player. Again, visit Iconosquare.com SME. You support this show by checking out our sponsors. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's do this. Let's transition over to this week's interview with my two amazing guests on Clubhouse. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by two amazing people to talk about Clubhouse. First one is Ed Newsbaum. He is a Clubhouse expert, one of the most active Clubhouse members I have ever seen, and one of the most followed people on Clubhouse. He's hosted hundreds of rooms on Clubhouse. He's the founder of the Community Club, the Startup Club, the Talk Club, and the OG Club, which is the largest club on Clubhouse. Ed, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm also joined by Nikki Saunders, who is also an amazing person, a marketer and content expert for personal brands. She's the head of media and online branding for Eric Thomas, a motivational speaker. She's also the co-host of the Nikki and Moose, the podcast, a show for people starting brands and businesses. Nikki, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited about today. All right. Well, we're here to talk about Clubhouse. And for a lot of the listeners, they have probably heard a little bit of Clubhouse, but most of them are not on it and they have no idea what it is. So let's start with a little bit of your stories. We'll start with you, Ed. Um, How in the world did you get on Clubhouse and when did you get on Clubhouse? Feel free to tell us a little bit about your story. 
Well, I've been in the startup world for a long time and a good benefit of that is I often have the opportunity to be early on a lot of things. And so I was fortunate enough to be invited back in April to check out this little app called Clubhouse, uh, which was pretty basic back then, but it already showed a lot of promise. And it's been fascinating watching the evolution of the, both the product and community since then. We're about, when I first stopped on, it was probably a few hundred people and now it's probably well over a million and growing quickly. So it's been a fascinating adventure to kind of just be part of that. So you say April, and for those listening, it's April of 2020. And when did they launch? Is that the same month that they launched? It probably is, right? Yeah, as I understand it, they, the initial alpha, really rough version, which was basically a, a, test, a technical test, was back on March 17th. And at the time, it was simply one room and everyone was a speaker. And they basically invited some of their friends to, hey, can you try this thing out? And uh, from my understanding, it went, you know, went pretty well. And so uh, in mid-April, they added support for multiple rooms. And they added also a very interesting but subtle innovation where it's an audience and stage divide. So when you enter a room, you're in the audience as a listener. And then you have a stage area where the, sp- the people are speaking. And the moderator who's up on stage can then choose who to invite up on stage and can thereby kind of lead the discussion. And so those were the two basic functionalities that they added in April. And then they invited a, few, a bunch more people in to help out, to kind of test it, play with it, and break it in hopefully helpful ways. Tell us a little bit more about now kind of what you're doing on Clubhouse and what kind of hours you're clocking on that app. I mean, share a little bit of your story. Well, I was very fortunate in that I had an opportunity to exit my last startup in February. And this year was originally scheduled to be some adventures and some travels and that little small global pandemic on the way of that. But I felt very fortunate to be able to hop on Clubhouse in April. And it just opened a whole world of people who I might not have normally had an opportunity to run into in real life. And it's been the fascinating ride of just like the ultimate conference where just amazing people are there or the ultimate college campus where everyone's a student, everyone's a professor, and you have the opportunity to run into people in many different settings, you know, very, like very serious side, very fun side. And so even back then, it seemed something fundamentally new and different in the world and a social network that actually was social in almost all the right ways where it removed the friction from getting amazing people together for conversations, genuine connection. And the different rooms in Clubhouse can be very different, and uh, but they're all this one tap away. And back in April, you know, it was amazing when we had like two, maybe even three rooms going at the same time. And now there's probably close to, or well over a million users, there's probably a few thousand rooms going at any given time with people from around the world, from different industries, different professions, uh, and there for all reasons. And so it is an amazingly addictive app in the very positive sense of being able to just kind of connect with people and for whatever the topic or interest you have, the odds are the magic clubhouse will deliver it. You pop up in a room and the serendipity of clubhouse is off the charts where usually the right people show up at the right time for the right conversation. And it's so consistent that it's pretty close to magic how they do it. And Ed doesn't like talking about himself very much, but Ed is one of the guys that puts on a lot of these rooms for people who are new to the clubhouse. And I was there, fortunately, on my very first day when he was, you know, in the room and super, super helpful, which is part of the reason we got connected. And uh, it's just absolutely amazing. And we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here with some of the amazing things clubhouse can do. But thank you, Ed, so much for sharing some of your story. Nikki, I'd love to hear your story. Yes. So I got invited by one of my friends, Dwan, right? Because anything social media wise, everybody knows to kind of hit me up about it. So he was like, look, I'm an introvert. I've never been so excited about an app before. I think you and Eric Thomas are going to kill it here. Use my invite, everything like that. And that was about in October of 2020. Right. And Since then, I promise you, I've been on that thing for like every single day. In the beginning, I will say the first day for sure, I didn't go to sleep till like five o'clock in the morning. I think now as time passes, I think I'm averaging about maybe four to five, six hours a day, which is still a lot. But that is a lot. (laughs) Yeah, it's still a lot. It's still a lot. You know, whether it's like active listening or participating in him. And we'll get into how, 
you can be active on that. But it's just an amazing experience just because we're so used to, you know, the visual size, the videos, the text and everything. Even in podcasts, we listen to things, but we can't talk back. And this is what I've seen an app that just allows us to have just pure, genuine conversation with everybody, which I feel is a disconnect with all the other platforms. So I've been I've been super active on it ever since October. And uh, I'll just share a little bit of my story. I was invited on in December and I believe Nikki and Ed were both there when Michael Sanchez, you know, opened up the room and they were both super, super helpful. And I've just been amazed at the connections I've been able to make. You know, I'm always looking for amazing talent. I found a lot of amazing talent on the platform. I ended up writing an article about Clubhouse and uh, we ended up publishing another article. They've been read over 500,000 times in literally just three weeks. And it's obvious that there is something magical about Clubhouse. And it is, to me, it's it feels a lot like a conference. You know, I put on a big conference called Social Media Marketing World, which is unfortunately not happening this year. But, you know, it feels a lot like those hallway conversations and maybe even a little bit like a hybrid experience that you might have when you're at a conference. But anybody can be up on the stage and that's the exciting side of it. So with that, you know, Nikki, why don't you take a stab at like defining what the heck Clubhouse is? I know we've kind of talked about it a little bit. Try to maybe succinctly describe what it is and maybe why businesses might benefit from it or marketers or, you know, uh, influencers. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it's really a audio experience only social media, right? So I'll say it like this, think about it as a audio only virtual event, right? So you go into this app and you'll see something called what we what we call the hallway. I don't know if that's the official term, Ed, but I think we call it the hallway, right? Where you're going to see- It's official. All these, Let's make it official. It's official. Okay. We're going to make it official, right? On on this show, we're going to make it official. But on the, on the hallway, you're going to see all these different topics, right? Based off who you follow, you're going to see different rooms. Now, you can either join a room or you can, you know, create a room. And like for marketers, I think it's amazing because you can really establish like yourself, the brand you work with and any products or services that you're trying to promote or events that you're trying to promote. You can explain it right then and there and get an instant audience within seconds. Right. So this is this is an app that I like I've never experienced something like that where instantly people's ears are there, regardless if they're driving, regardless if they're watching TV, chilling with their kids. They're listening while doing other things, but their attention is still there and they're they're following you on other uh, social media platforms. They're trying to connect with you with somehow some way. But this is a place where you could really put your stamp as far as the brand that you're representing or even yourself as a, a guru or an expert. Ed, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, a whole, there's a whole bunch of subtle things that make Clubhouse unique and valuable. And at first, when you hear it's, oh, it's a voice-only network, but that constraint is what makes it kind of really special because there's so many people that are on Clubhouse a lot more than they would if they had to actually look at a screen and so lots of times people will be using a clubhouse room as background coffee shop chatter as they're working on something else or going for a bike ride or taking care of their kids, which means people are present way more than they would be otherwise. And that creates a lot of the serendipity of getting the right people in the right room at the right time. And so as from a business perspective, think of it as the ultimate conference that you get to throw whenever you want to. And as you open a room, People that have that shared interest can come in and rooms can get really big. I just a few days ago had a room of 5,000 people in, in, in that one room. And a room is simply where the discussions happen. And to Nikki's point about the hallway, the hallway is a list of rooms that are available to you. And with that simple uh, metaphor and simple functionality, it is just a wide range of opportunities. Uh, and we had about a 500-person room with Startup Club the other day where an intellectual property attorney was just talking about intellectual property, answering questions. And I think by the end of the two hours, she probably had about 20 new clients. And so that's just one example of many of where people stepping you know, stepping up onto the stage, in this case, in a startup club room, 
with a big audience, providing a lot of value, but also uh, getting very well known for the quality of advice that they're giving out and the opportunity to really kind of develop real world connections off of the app by those discussions on the app. And one of my favorite people on Clubhouse who, another example of someone who I only would have got to know through Clubhouse, she's out of Atlanta and I'm not in Atlanta. She's uh, the former uh, CEO and president of Focus Brands, which among other things is a parent company of Cinnabon. And this is Kat Cole. She's awesome. And she does have like weekly office hours to help other business people, other entrepreneurs kind of find their way and providing a lot of value. And a couple of her rooms, uh, probably about like five months ago, she just kind of casually dropped, hey, if anyone wants some Cinnabon, just send me your address. I'll send you Cinnabons. And I think that was the first example of the most amazing word of mouth marketing program on Clubhouse. I'm not sure if she intended that way, but for the next two weeks, pretty much every room I was in on Clubhouse was talking about Cinnabon. And just those are two small examples of the, of the potential that could be there for Clubhouse or for in, in Clubhouse for businesses to kind of really reach out to people they might not otherwise have opportunity to talk to, both on partnerships, on you know hiring, on investments. There's been companies that have gotten investments. There's investors that have found people, companies to invest in. All those different ranges of business and opportunity are there simply because it makes it easy for people to assemble and easy, easier for people to find each other and connect and have those conversations. And I've seen actual rooms being sponsored by brands now too. Like depending on the the person, the moderator who's speaking and how many followers and how many people that are being brought into these rooms, they are now starting to sponsor certain rooms. I think uh, Byte was one of the, the recent sponsors of one of the rooms. And it, I, th- I thought that was amazing. The fact that that brands are just now really starting to pay attention. Like, okay, these people bring in about 500 people, a thousand people into the room. If we was to sponsor that and they speak about it and even add some, you know, what, you know, some so-called ads in it, like that's amazing already in such a starter stage of a, of an app. Yeah. And speaking of Byte Toothpaste, I only got to know of it because Asher Hunt, who's the founder of Byte along with his partner, you know, you just hang out talking about the, the experience. And in that room, I think they gathered probably about 30 customers just because they heard the compelling founding story. And because it's voice, because it's people talking to people, it humanizes business on a, an amazing level. And so the opportunity to just kind of share your brand story, share your founding story, connect with customers, get product feedback, run impromptu focus groups, and just general marketing awareness, all of it is there. And that's why it's kind of the ultimate conference that you get to call whenever you want to for whatever purpose you want. Uh, A couple other things to add for those that are listening. First of all, it's mobile only. Secondly, it doesn't record, which is part of what makes it so sticky. Because if you are not in the room, you never hear what's happening. It kind of reminds me of Instagram Live when it first came out. You know, when it was done, it was gone forever, right? So, and in that regard, Nikki mentioned earlier about how people just pop into the room. The reason why is it does a really good no- job notifying followers that you're live. And and because it, it's a mobile app and people always have their phone with them, it just pops up a little notification saying, Nikki uh, Saunders is live. And some people want to hear everything that Nikki has to say so she can spin up a room spontaneously. I did a room called Friends of Social Media Examiner on a Saturday morning. I had Shalene Johnson in there and a bunch of other uh, people that have spoke at Social Media Marketing World. We went for about an hour and and 45 minutes. And I brought, uh, I had everybody that was there, it was about eight or nine speakers, share some some wisdom about what they thought, where the world of marketing was going, what they thought about Clubhouse. And then we opened up to Q&A in the audience. And that's another thing. People can raise their hands. They can come up on the stage. They can ask their questions live of people that they would never normally be able to talk to. For example, I was able to ask Damon John a couple of questions from the Shark Tank. You know, that guy, Damon John from Shark Tank, he's known as the shark on Clubhouse. And I would have never been able to talk to Damon on a different platform. Kevin Harrington, one of the original guys on Shark Tank, was literally doing an actual live Shark Tank And I was in the room when Grant Cardone offered him to invest in a $119 million deal. (laughs) And I was like, wow. And he was interested in it, right? And he's actually making live investments on the spot. Now, it's not just investment people. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk was in there and they were talking about like trends. I was in another room when uh, Twitter rolled out some new technology and engineers from Twitter and Facebook were there talking about the new technology. And I got a chance to hear from them. 
So it's, it's just kind of a fascinating, eclectic mix of stuff. And as Nikki mentioned, um, we're going to get to the content stuff in just a minute, but it's just, it's addictive. Nearly everyone that I know that has tried it has had a hard time putting it down. <laughs> Very addictive. And, but on that same note, I mean, that's why we're all here. Like it's, there was a room for you and we all just jumped in, like just to say hi. Um, I know I created a room, um, I, I believe about content. You jumped in, Lewis Howes jumped in, uh, DJ D Nice jumped in. Like we would never, ever probably be in those same kind of rooms with all those people in one spot in real life. And, uh, you know, it, it's crazy just thinking how the pandemic can create something like that that will bring us all together in one audio room, virtual room to to converse and share knowledge like we've been. Well, let's talk about the culture. And when I say culture, let's talk about like what's the acceptable behavior on the platform because a lot of marketers might not understand coming right into this, how to use this platform. So Nikki, since you're a marketer, maybe share a little bit about that if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, absolutely. So you you start a room, right? And I know Ed will get into the club part, but you start a room, whether it's within the hallway or in a clubhouse, right? You bring out a topic that you want to talk about and instantly become a moderator. What, what a moderator is pretty much like you are the admin. You have control who comes up on stage, who doesn't, who, you know, you can mute people, make other people moderators. But the whole point really is to make sure there's some kind of order and always thinking about what the audience may need, right? So you are you may be even the person that's asking certain questions to kind of control the room and everything like that. I know in our rooms, we'll do like somewhat of commercial breaks where it'll be like, you know, we'll talk about go follow the moderators, you know, ping people in. And when we say ping, that means invite other people that are in Clubhouse, right? And when you're doing it, you may want to start the room for about an hour, but I promise you they could last for days if you're not disciplined. I'll put it out there like that. But you go into and create these rooms and you just create an environment, a safe environment that will allow people to have value and receive value from whatever you're trying to advertise, speak about or give knowledge about and bring up other people, whether it's within, you know, your own team, whether it's people, you know, within the industry that can add value to it. Like I said, it's it's like your own mini virtual conference without the overhead. Well, and I like the part about the safe environment. I have found for the most part, especially in the marketing community, I haven't gone into some of the other communities, but in the marketing community, it seems like everybody is very much willing to listen to people, to a diversity of people, right? And it's almost encouraged by the founders, right? That you bring up a diversity of voices to make for a more interesting dialogue. And I think that kind of seems to be baked in a little bit into the culture. Do you agree, Nikki? Oh, absolutely. Especially diversity. I think if we can compare it to anything, it's like a live podcast, right? And during certain times, you could do question and answer, or just bring other people up for to add value. And just hearing different perspectives from all around the world is amazing within, you know, within our lane and within the topic that is being said in that room. Another thing is it's it's generally expected that if you raise your hand and you're brought up on stage that you're not going to do like a long monologue, <laughs> right? No, Keep it brief, no. which is another part of the culture, right? So don't say, hey, I'm here and this is how everybody can blah, blah, blah. I mean, the culture is more like to build it into your bio, right? So check out my bio if you want to learn more about me and provide value. Do you find that to be the case as well? Yeah, I think they shut down the like the self-promotions really, really quickly and you know, new people do that instantly, like because it's an elevator pitch sometimes. But really, all we really care about, whether we are the speaker or whether we're in the audience, is what value do you have to add to this room? And once you go on stage, that's kind of just expected. What value do you have or what question do you have? Because to be honest, we don't want to hear the life story. We could go on your social media. We could read your bio for that. The, the life stories are not necessarily needed in these rooms. 
And in a lot of rooms, when you do provide value, people will encourage, people will first of all say, wow, that was amazing. Everybody go follow Nikki. And they might even make you a moderator, right? And that's kind of a way of them upgrading your status because when you're a moderator, you pop to the top of the room, you have some control. And I've had that happen plenty of times where I've been popped into rooms as moderators. First off, it's a great feeling, but two, it is instant credibility, right? Like they look at you a little, not look at you, but they listen because they can't look at you. They listen a little bit differently because they're like, oh, okay, this person knows what they're talking about. They're up on status and everything like that. Like, even though the speakers do have a certain kind of credibility and everything like that, the moderators we know is controlling kind of everything that's happening within that room. So to become a moderator is, is just one level up. All right. Let's talk about content discovery, because this is really an important uh, part of this. Uh, if you don't do certain things, you might not see certain things. Ed, talk to us a little bit about how the content discovery thing works on this platform. Well, the name of the app is Clubhouse, and that's kind of the central organizing metaphor of pretty much everything in it. And as Nikki mentioned, like when you first open the app, you're in the hallway, and the hallway is just a list of rooms available to you. And those rooms are mainly centered around the people and clubs that you've chosen to follow. And any room you can see from the hallway, you're welcome in. And those rooms can be all different. There could be big like keynote style rooms, panel rooms, or just simply a few people hanging out you know, in the hallway. Uh, the, the metaphorical hallway, not the hallway in the app. So I just realized that got confusing. But anyhow, when you first open the app, you see the hallway, your list of available rooms. And as you wander in rooms, you might be into many different types of discussions, many different groups of people. And that's a lot of the fun of Clubhouse because when you're in those rooms, you might discover an awesome conversation, interesting people. And then that's the opportunity to discover uh, people to follow. And as you follow more people that are of interest to you, the rooms in your hallway start changing and you start seeing the rooms that contain the people you're following. And so after you've been on Clubhouse for a while and you kind of real dial that in, you find yourself in more and more interesting rooms with people of interest to you. And then you also discover clubs. And as you're in a room, some, some of those rooms might be public club rooms and you can tap and learn more about the club, possibly follow a club, but look at the membership list and discover more and more. So it's really quick, really easy to get down the rabbit hole of discovery. But once you do, that's where rooms that you're currently not seeing open up because right now with probably about a million users, there's probably a few thousand rooms going on at any given time, but each user is only seeing part of the overall clubhouse. And so to discover the parts you're not seeing, there's a member directory and a club directory, both searchable by keywords and also the event calendar, which allows you to see upcoming events. And not all rooms are scheduled, but the ones that are usually are pretty high quality. And so it's an opportunity to see what's what's going on elsewhere and discover new interesting conversations, new interesting people and clubs. And all those things uh, kind of add up to be an opportunity to kind of really in increase your surface area to find interesting people and discussions. And just this past week, they started adding a new layer regarding topics. And so they're still rolling out right now, but the central metaphor of the hallway might start changing where, you know, the list of available rooms, but you might also be able to see like the tech hallway or the marketing hallway of the different rooms and events going on around those topics. And that's not there yet, but it seems like a direction they're heading. And so there's lots of opportunities to discover interesting things. Then, of course, there's opportunities for people to discover you. And we talked about the bio. Every Clubhouse user has an opportunity to kind of put whatever they want to be known by on their own bio. And people searching the member directory might find you, might find the clubs you're part of, and that's an opportunity to be found by other people. And they, as they follow you, they can join in on your discussions. And so the whole thing, it just becomes a giant opportunity to connect with people that you find interesting. And the hallway, the event calendar, the directory are all those parts of the clubhouse metaphor where you wander around the hallway in the club and the room is just where the discussions happen. And the event calendar says, you know, upcoming rooms. Just want to say a few words on people that you follow. So when you join Clubhouse, it's going to recommend some people that you follow. And it's usually going to be people who happen to be in your phone directory. But what's really fascinating is if you go and find someone who's really well connected and then you look at who they're following. For example, if you go look at who I'm only following a few hundred people, but I have many, many thousands following me you might find a list of all sorts of people that you know, because maybe the people I know, everybody else happens to know because many of them are speakers. And I've gone on this crazy rabbit trail looking at who other people are following and just digging deeper and deeper and then kind of curating my follower list 
of people that I know cover the stuff that I'm personally interested in, which is mostly social marketing and occasionally podcasting and entrepreneurship. But that's a really fast and easy way. In addition, you know, you can look at the clubs that they're following, which Ed is going to talk about in just a second. Now, Nikki, did you have anything else you wanted to add on the the content discovery side of things before I had Ed talk maybe about clubs and how they work? I think Ed covered it all. The biggest part is being super strategic with who you follow because that really opens up so many different rooms for you. Like you could go into very big names, like Michael said earlier with uh, Damon John. I've been in rooms with so many millionaires and billionaires just because I follow them, right? And they open it up to other people that I've never been truly ever heard of. So being very strategic with who you follow and the clubs that you're in is very crucial in the beginning part because you could lead yourself into a rabbit hole if you don't. Yeah. And that's what I tell a lot of friends who have kind of a negative reaction when they first go on the app because they're not following anyone and they're just seeing these trending rooms, which are often on crazy topics that not necessarily everyone is interested in. And I've found, you know, having been on there only a month as of this recording that now I'm seeing rooms that I'm almost always interested in seeing, but it wasn't the case when I first got on the app. Anything else you want to mention on content discovery ad before we get into clubs and how they work? Well, just to add to what you described, like if someone follows you and then when you pop up in a room and you're following interesting people, then they get to be exposed to that room full of interesting people as well. And so the opportunity to discover is just off the charts, just based on that alone. And then there's different types of rooms. And the, the ones we've been talking about are the public open rooms. And that's where the serendipity is off the charts from the aspect of anyone can find them, anyone can wander into them, anyone can participate. And those rooms can get really big. I think it was about three days ago, I mentioned I was running like a 5,000 person room, which in real life is kind of hard logistically to do. But on Clubhouse, it's surprisingly easy. It's a little stressful, but surprisingly easy. And it kind of removes the friction from assembling people around whatever topic, which kind of makes a lot of the magic. But then the other part about following people, there's another type of room called a social room, which when you create a room like that, it's only open to the people that you have chosen to follow. So it's having like that curated dinner party of just, you know, just inviting those people. And of course, there's also closed rooms, which are close to everyone except for the people you choose to ping in. And so all those different use cases kind of live within the app and creates a whole wide range of opportunities to interact and the types of discussions you want to have, which is kind of the central principle of, of Clubhouse where the creator of the room is in control of the room. That means kind of the moderate controls, but also get to choose what type of room they even start, be it an open, a social or a closed room. One other quick thing, they've got a fascinating social dynamic and I call it kind of the front row. So you've got these people up on stage, which we call speakers, and then you've got people the speakers follow are kind of in the next group and then everybody else is in the group after that. So sometimes people are fascinated by the people that the speakers follow, right? And so that's a way that you might be able to find some more interesting people because if there's just a few speakers up on the stage and there's just a few people they follow that happen to be in the room, well, then maybe they're somehow connected in a way that might allow you to discover another person to follow and thus more content. Yep. Well, that's one of many subtle things they built into the design of the app where you have kind of in-room suggested user list where, hey, if you're interested in the speakers, these are the people that speakers are interested in in that front row section. Yep. So talk about the clubs. I think we've addressed indirectly kind of a lot about what a club is, but maybe tell us a little bit more. How do they work? Well, just a quick recap of the whole clubhouse metaphor. Rooms are where the discussions happen. The hallway is your list of available rooms. Event calendar is saying, hey, this is a room I plan to do in the future. And clubs, at its essence, are really just an easy way to assemble people in advance for future events or rooms. So think of it as kind of a list. And that list has two parts. And if you see a club of interest, you can tap to follow it. That will give you a notification ping whenever a public room from that club is created. And most clubs do have public rooms. And it's just kind of an organizing, it's a way to organize people. So you'll see it on the upcoming section of you on your own event calendar. you got the notification ping when a public room opens. But there's also the second tier, which is membership. And the example I usually use, I'm not quite sure where it even came up, but I use it all the time, is if you had a club for Chicago firefighters. The members of the club might be actual firefighters in Chicago, and they can hang out in private club rooms and have discussions with another about firefighting in Chicago. 
but they can also have public club rooms and public club events where the firefighters in Chicago can open up the room to the public and talk about firefighting Chicago. And anyone interested in learning more about that can follow the club and they'll get updates and pings when those public rooms are created. And the other component about clubs is they're still being created by hand behind the scenes by the clubhouse team. And there's a lot of users, lots of requests for clubs. There's a massive backlog. And so now they're just prioritizing saying, hey, if you know, club is a nice tool to help you do an event series or convene a community, but there's no need to wait for that because you don't need a club to do anything on clubhouse. Anyone can start a room at any time. Anyone can put an event on the event calendar. Clubs just make it easier to, to reassemble that group of people for future events and rooms. Yeah, if I want to, if I could add a little bit of a parallel for Facebook friends that are on Facebook, you know, a club that allows following is like a Facebook page and a club that does private events is like a Facebook group, right? So the idea is like, it's kind of like a combination of both of these and you can follow a lot of clubs, not all clubs. Some clubs are nomination only. So Nikki, do you want to add anything to the club side of things? I think clubs are great for community wise. I think going forward forward, right? Like clearly the way I've been seeing it lately is like they'll host a a topic. Ed does a bunch of rooms in his clubs and everything like that. They'll host a topic that'll be open for the public. But once you get a good amount of following, like it's great for community wise because you could just do private talks. So there's a benefit of following or being a part of that particular club because you'll get exclusive access and exclusive uh, information that no one else in the public can get. So I think from like a branding and marketing standpoint, when it comes to the community part, a club is going to be completely needed in the in the use of the app. Oh, yeah. Overall, if you think of Clubhouse as a network of networks or a network of communities, clubs are that organizing layer to make it easy to discover interesting people around a topic or around a geography or whatever you want the club to be. It's a really kind of valuable component to help find your way and discover interesting things and be part of interesting conversations. So I will say that uh, I have applied for a social media examiner club and we already mentioned his clubs. Nikki, if you have any clubs, I would love you to mention them in just a second. The way you know if somebody has a club is if you go to their personal profile and on the app and then you go all the way to the bottom, it's going to be the very first club listed in the thing. And then when you click on it, they'll be the first member of the club. And that's how you kind of know it's their club. Nikki, do you have a club? I do. I have Deeper Than the Brand Club and then I'm admin for the Wise Club. So I love being in a club. I'm part of a whole bunch of them, too. I think clubs are just super dope. Now, a lot of clubs, like I followed some clubs and then all of a sudden, like I followed the Star Wars Universe Club and then I got invited into the club. So sometimes they'll check out their followers and invite some of them into the club. I know my friend Ray Edwards started the copywriting club. So there's all sorts of interesting use cases, I think, for these clubs. And it's just going to be absolutely fascinating to see how they develop. It is like separate from the person, right? So if you think about every person, you know, their unique identity is their profile their person, but the club can be kind of a, a thing that is transcends a person. It's groups of people. So it's super, super fascinating. I would love to talk about how to grow a following unless you had something else to say about clubs, Ed. There's much more to be said, but I think we covered the basics uh, probably enough for one podcast. Now, the community club is one I would recommend everybody follow because I believe that that club is designed for, you guys are the ones, that's the club that hosts a lot of these beginner training things, right? Or am I wrong on that? Yeah, one of the clubs that I helped start is Community Club. And the whole premise there was that there are so many people coming on each day and there are, everyone's experimenting what this Clubhouse tool could be. So Community Club has, I think, 26 different admins now popping up different rooms throughout the day, just trying to help people get oriented, welcome them, helping them make the most out of Clubhouse for themselves and others. And so it's a, kind of inspiring that there's so many people who are willing to help uh, step up to support the community and community club is there to help support those people as they support the community. And you just heard an important thing that Ed said, clubs can have admins and that means different individuals can go ahead and host a room on behalf of the club. And that is something that is intriguing for a lot of people listening right now, right? Because you could organize a bunch of people around an interest. You could organize a bunch of people from your business and it doesn't just have to be you, which is absolutely fascinating. The one additional point on that, because clubs can be kind of confusing, the same as the central principle of a room is the creator of the rooms in control, 
has the moderate control set the stage. The creator of a club is the admin of the club. And one of those settings is whether only admins of the club can open up uh, club rooms or if the admin prefers or chooses, they can also let any member of the club open a private club room. And so that, that simple setting has a whole wide range of possibilities within a club. And that's where you can get really deep on clubs. But just pointing that out, that, that is an option. Thank you, Ed. All right. Now, as Nikki mentioned earlier, the networking is off the charts on this app. And Nikki, what I would love you to talk about is how to grow a following. But before you go there, I would like to explain to everybody why growing a following on Clubhouse is a little different than the other social platforms. It's because people get notified. There is not the algorithm that you have like on Facebook or Instagram or the other social platforms where just like a fraction of a couple of percentage of people get notified. On Clubhouse, it's a very active notification process, which is what makes it super fascinating because like Nikki said, people pop in almost instantly when you start a room because of these notifications. So for the right kind of person, growing a following can have massive implications on their business. So what's your thoughts, Nikki, about maybe some strategy on growing a following? Sure. Um, I I would say start small. What I mean by that is you want to, when you get on this platform, you want to start with the small rooms, right? They're going to be rooms that have five, 10, 20 people. And then there's going to be rooms that are about 5,000. The way to get a following is to be active, is to be showing up on stage, right? You staying in the audience isn't necessarily going to do anything unless people know you. Like they'll look to the left and the right. They're like, oh, I know you from this and this place. So you may get a small following that way. But the way you get a following is by being active on these stages. So I would suggest when you first start, when you first go into these into the app, you start with these small rooms. You add value to these small rooms because especially within your lane, I wouldn't say just jump in any small room, but if it has to do with your industry and what you do, definitely jump in these small rooms of 5, 10, 15. Get to know the people because as they get more active and you start seeing them in these other rooms, they're going to continue to pull you up, right? When I first started, I jumped in every little small room And now with the rooms that I go into, it's almost an instant that they put you on stage once they see you in these rooms because they get notified, oh, Nikki's in the room. Yeah, that's an important, explain how that works because you could be in a room and then explain how when one of the people you're following comes in the room, how you get notified. Yeah, absolutely. So a room could be going on, maybe the moderator, even the speakers, but definitely the moderators could be going in on a topic. And the second you jump into that room, it pops up on the top of the room saying, you know, Ed, just join the room and you can add them into as a speaker or or not. Right. So they instantly get those notifications of adding you in automatically. Right. Or they'll let you sit for a little bit and then they'll bring you up. And so that's why I'm saying, like, go into these small rooms and make friends like in real life, you'll say shake hands and kiss babies. This is where you really have to start connecting. And then, of course, you know, go into the bigger rooms. Right. And ask questions. Right. And add value to where you can like. Closed mouths don't get fed on this app for sure. So you're going to want to go into the rooms that you know that you can add value or that you're trying to learn from and just show face because the more we see you, the more we're like, okay, let me look into you, right? They'll click your bio. This is where having a very interesting and I would say emojied out and informational bio is needed, right? Don't do one of those one-liners like, this is what I do, right? Yeah, and that's really important because when people are in rooms, they got nothing better to do than to tap on faces, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Like, we we can't send you, we can't text you, we can't do anything. All we can do is listen and read. That's all we can do. Some people, on a strategic point, depending on the rooms that they're in, they change their bios with each room. Yeah, And that's a whole other strategy for another day. But at least get your basic bio, what you want people to know about you. Like, for instance, for for my bio, I'll say head of media for Eric Thomas. I'll mention, you know, my title. I'll save the podcast, 
the clubhouse that I have, because on the bottom, like Ed said, like you're going to see all the clubs that we're involved with. But I want you to know which club I'm actually owner of. And then I also have like a call to action, which you can still do now in the bios. There's no like they can't click a link or anything like that. But what I do, I have a text community. So I said, if I added value, because I know I'm going to be on stage, if I added value, take a screenshot, put it on your Instagram stories, and then text me. Love that. Yeah. Call to action is crucial because especially if you're adding value to people, they're like, yo, how do I connect more with you? And you don't have to say anything when you're up on stage. People are going to click on your bio. I don't promote myself when I'm up on stage and I get endless people over on Instagram DMing me, you know? So like, I think the best people choose not to promote themselves. I don't know. I mean, that's my personal opinion. Agreed. Just provide the value and, and, and let your bio do the rest. Right. Agreed. And then the important part as well is the social media channels that you connect with. You can either connect Twitter or Instagram at this moment. They may open it for others, but right now it's Twitter or Instagram. Right. And you, just like Michael said, once you get on stage or even if you're in the audience, they'll check your bio. They have nothing else to do but to read. And if they want to connect with you, what is your main platform that you want them to DM you on or to check more information on? So you're going to want to connect both or your main one on there. And that once that's all set up, it's it's almost like easy to get a following in this app right now because people want to be in the rooms. And if you are constantly showing up, if you're constantly there, they'll get all the notifications. They'll be that you could have a small tribe right on Clubhouse and you didn't even know about it because like you said earlier, the notifications is crazy. The fear of missing out on Clubhouse is so real. It's so, so real because if Michael was to go in and like, start a room right now, me and Ed are getting the notifications. I'm instantly going. I don't know what I'm doing at that moment, but I'm instantly going because I don't know how long Michael's going to be there. And so, and it goes away. Like there's no way I can get a replay. There's no way of anything like that. So, but that's because Michael started getting on stages that I even knew he was, he was in the app. Not everybody's searching for people on the directory, even though it's there. So the only way we know that you're on the app is if you are going into these rooms and being active. I'm always going to say closed mouths don't get fed on this app. I'll also add one other thing that can help with your following is maybe to just write some phrases in your uh, bio, right? For example, I've got social media examiner written in my bio because some people might search for social media examiner and find me. I got Mike Stelzner in there because a lot of people know me as Mike instead of Michael. So just make sure that you write out whatever you think might be associated with your personal brand, because if someone searches those keywords, then they might find you. One more thing. Collaborations are huge. Collaborations are huge. Like you can't just be on the stage by yourself. So if I say start a room, don't be like the only one talking like strategically, you're going to want to find people within your industry that have a bigger following than you because the people who get on stage, their people get notified. Yeah, that's how the rooms get really, really big, really, really fast. Absolutely. So the more people that you collaborate with that you bring up on stage, the more people are going to get notified, which is going to be like, oh, I must follow them. But if this person knows them, You know, they're in this room. I got to follow it. And especially if one of the call to actions in the room is saying, hey, follow everybody on stage, you know. So you're wanting to strategically pick people that are in your lane or that you are cool with that have a bigger following than you. So you can grow your following like you could really build a following like about, I would say, 500 followers in one day if you play it right. That's really hard to do on the other social platforms. Right, right. And and this is still a platform that doesn't have like one person that has like a million followers. Like it's not that way. Like your favorite influencer still probably has about a thousand, two thousand followers only. Where on other social media platforms, they may have hundreds or millions of followers. So this is still a very new app that is super easy to get a following if you play your cards right. Speaking of following, 
Ed, where can people follow you on the platform? What's your handle, your user ID? Yeah, my handle on Clubhouse is simply Ed, E-D. It's nice to be early. That's why everybody just knows you as Ed. <laughs> You're one of the lucky ones. You got a two-letter one. What about you, Nikki? This is Nikki's N-I-C-K-Y with an S at the end. Okay, cool. Now, Ed and Nikki at Newsbomb, if people want to follow you off the platform, is there a place you want to send them? Or do you want them to just go on Clubhouse? Like, do you have a website or anything or a social platform you want to send them to? Yeah, the easiest for me is simply my name.com. So ednussbaum.com, E-D-N-U-S-B-A-U-M.com. And that gives links to everything else, LinkedIn, Twitter, IG, and so on. Sweet. How about you, Nikki? I am super active on Instagram. Instagram is my baby. Same handle as Clubhouse. This is Nikki's N-I-C-K-Y-S. And of course, the podcast, NikkiandMoose.com. Uh, Nikki and Moose, the podcast. That's that's where everybody finds me on. And I am at Stelzner on Clubhouse. On behalf of all my listeners, Nikki Saunders and Ed Newsbaum, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all this awesome insight with us. You were amazing. No, oh, you are. <laughs> thank you both. Thank you. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Socialmediaexaminer.com slash 444. I've done this 444 times. Thank you for being a listener. If you're new, hit the subscribe button. If you've been with me for a while, would you let your friends know about this show? I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. And don't forget to check me out at the same handle at Stelzner on Clubhouse. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I promise. I hope you make the best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.